0: Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at kindfarmsinc, Inc., all one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S. INC and their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now let's get started with today's show. Welcome to an actor despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on In Actor Despairs, we have actress Michelle Prada. You know her from Starz hit show Vita, and she's also been on Riverdale, and she was on Fear of the Walking Dead Passage. She's such an incredible actress and is really getting started, and I'm so excited to see how her career blossoms because her work is so grounded. And also, I'm so grateful for her opening up on her journey that these things take time. Here it is. Michelle Prado, welcome to an Actor spares. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, I, I'm, I'm such a big fan of yours. I love Vita. It's such a cool character. I, and I, I I really love LA. I've spent so much time there. So I relate to it on so many levels. And then you, you're at such an amazing place in your career. I'm so excited to see where it goes. I'm so excited for you. And it's, it's so beautiful to watch you just work, and 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 I know the best is yet to come. So, and congratulations on season three.
1: I know it's been it's been really exciting to kind of you know we we obviously finished shooting a while ago, in November, and you kind of hold on. Oh, so on you guys
0: in. are not affected by this chaos?
1: Not as far as shooting. No, I mean obviously we would have loved to have had like a fun premiere, and with it being the yeah. final season, being able to like go out and hang out together, but that's not something that we can really do. So, we're doing it in Zoom world. Yeah. As avatars of ourselves.
0: Yeah. It's, I think the whole world is doing that now. But, um, you know, before we dig into work, I'm so curious to start at the beginning. You grew up in Miami, right?
1: I did, yeah.
0: What was that like?
1: Uh, you know, I think the joke is that the best part about Miami is how close it is to the United States uh because i spent so much of my life thinking that the rest of the united states was like miami and then as i finally was able to kind of travel more outside of even just florida realizing that none of the united states is like miami let alone any part of the world i've ever been to so um i feel really happy to be from there i'm happy also that i kind of took a chance and left but i you know, it's, it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny place because it really is kind of this blending of the Americas in a totally. really interesting way.
0: And, and talk to me culturally. What, what did your parents, were they, were they Cuban or did they come from Puerto Rico or how did they end up in Miami?
1: Well, my mom, I mean, I was raised, uh, by my mom. Uh, well, I was raised by my mom and my stepdad. So even though, you know, I feel like, a big mix of all sorts of bloodlines and everything like that. But I would say culturally, I mean, my mom immigrated from Dominican Republic. So I was raised uh, with that, my my family being very Caribbean. And then all the men in my family, like my uncles and uh, married Cuban women. So all of my were Cuban and then therefore all my cousins were Cuban. And my stepdad was Bolivian, so I was raised with a lot of different cultures, wow. um, kind of, ooh, I think, specifically, like, Latin cultures mixed in.
0: That's amazing. And and talk to me about growing up there, you know, because I kind of find my own experience with Miami has been, it's like Vegas on water, you know? And, <laughs> <laughs> so, did you, did you enjoy growing up there? Was that, like, a fun time in your childhood and... You know, having the beaches and all the yeah. arts.
2: I mean,
1: definitely. I think, though, the part of Miami I grew up in uh, was very much not like what you see on, like, the postcards. I mean, I, I did spend time there, obviously, and I lived on Southeast just for, you know, a few months. But uh, for the most part, it was, you know, a part of Miami um, called Hialeah. So it's very uh very latin i mean there's there's uh my school is predominantly black and brown and the there's you know you're walking around and the strip malls and there's stores that say we speak english and english is misspelled it's i n g l e s we speak English. <laughs> so it was very much a very latin part of the world and okay. uh, part of the United States where, you know, you, you go to even like a McDonald's or whatever, and they don't speak English. So, so you have to, it was very blended.
0: When, when you were growing up, were you speaking Spanish with your mother and your stepfather?
1: Strangely, it's so Spanish was my first language. Yeah. And I started speaking Spanish once I was like, yeah, well, pretty much once I started learning how To speak, but then once I got into uh school, I started speaking English, and that's when I started learning English. And now it's pre- my predominant language when yeah. I feel more comfortable expressing myself in. But strangely enough, we didn't really uh speak that much Spanish in the house, except for when my mom got really mad at us, and all the Spanish words. Well, that oh, that she cursed
0: in Spanish, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But what's interesting is I'm one of four kids, uh, so as the children get younger the less Spanish they know how to speak. So I know how to speak the most and then my brother's the second and then you know it kinda of goes goes down the the range like that, which is a really common Latin American experience.
0: And talk to me about the arts. Like how did that happen? Was your mother or your stepfather involved in any way? Were they artists?
1: No, not at all. My, my dad owned a sign company and, uh, my mom would waitress and help out with that. And I mean, I'm with four kids who did the really hard and just worthy, uh, job of raising children, which is, I don't know, now that my friends are having kids, I'm like, whoa. I'm like, I forgive you for everything because I'm still alive. I don't know how yeah. <laughs> to keep four, four kids alive and uh. two of them are 10 months apart. And I was just like, I, I I would just give up. Um, I have my cat and that's hard enough. I'm surprised he's still alive. Uh, But.
0: (laughs) And so were you, were you, when you were in high school, were you getting involved in the drama program at all?
1: Yeah, I, I did get involved in the drama program as an elective. I, uh, when I was really young uh, in our church youth group and we would do kind of church plays and we'd go to shopping malls and perform Christmas musicals. And uh I was Tina tinsel I was the tinsel on the tree. Yeah. And I had you know, it was just stuff like that. It was always something that I really enjoyed and something that I felt that I was good at. Uh, but I don't know, it wasn't always something that I thought I'd pursue as a career. I think part of me, if I'm really honest, did but I think giving myself that agency and giving myself the ability to say, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And getting past the look in people's eyes when you say, oh, I'm an actor. And they're like, oh, what What are you doing? How's it it going for you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I think with, with a lot of other art forms, I mean, as a musician, you can write music and as a writer, you can you know write or as a painter, you paint, but as an actor, you're kind of just alone in a room talking to
0: yourself. Or waiting so for if, someone to give you an opportunity or to say it's, yeah. it's Michelle's turn, you know?
1: But what's nice about now, which I think is a really special moment, is that we are able to create our own audiences and to start creating our own material. And I think that that's something that hasn't... I mean, in the history of the world, I don't think you, an artist has had such just vast access to uh viewership or to people i mean just consumers in of art in any way yeah. uh than ever so i think that there's something really really great about this specific time specifically for actors to be able to you know create your own
0: stuff Totally. And talk to me, because I know we're relatively close to the same age. I know at a moment there, you know, Universal Orlando had content going and Miami had like, you know, a lot of Michael Bay films and there were some mm-hmm. things shooting there. Did you get involved in in any of that kind of film industry in Florida?
1: No, I did commercials, but I'd always kind of done commercials as like extra money yeah. and done, you know, a few things here and there. But, you know, it's interesting. It's like, the difference between treating it like a hobby and treating it like a career. Yeah. So I feel like for so much of it, it was always kind of a hobby. It was something I would, you know, be in my friend's movies and uh, think I was doing things to move in the direction. But it really is a different thing when you really treat it like a career and you treat it as like as an entrepreneur where it's not just, uh, oh, I like to act and let me just go out. You're just actively moving towards towards a, a career and you know if you were to start a restaurant or if you were to start a you know a a, rest, a store or anything you would look at things a certain way and i think as actors sometimes uh it's easy to kind of feel like oh I'm just like a talent and i'm doing this and and there is that aspect of it but like it's also like are you working on your product which is your craft yeah. and maybe even like your body and it isn't so much like you need to be like buff but like just really kind of this is our our tool so making sure even like that you're getting like giving yourself massages or just you know different things to kind of uh prepare yourself to, to and even just the act of taking care of yourself i think is a is a really great exercise
0: to have and and obviously you're an incredibly beautiful woman and I know there's a bumbling modeling scene in Miami. Did that, like, did that, did people try to get you to do some, I know you did commercial work, but modeling gigs, yeah. was that something you got involved in and with it all?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, honestly at the point it was anything that would get me a little extra money. I mean, I would, you know, if I was like the girl in the box of the Sony uh camera ad, like whatever it was, I would yeah. do it. And it was always, you know, it's like, a way to make some extra money that uh, you might not get to make if if you were doing something else you know so yeah I definitely I did whatever would pay
2: <laughs> I, hey I did the same I ate thing. a
1: lot of burgers <laughs> <laughs> I, I drink drink some Starbucks and was like all right and then I, mean, t- I think in a lot of ways like those corporations can be like the Medici's of our generation the Catholic Church there's always somebody that's like providing the money so that the artist can do what they need to do and right now You know, that's just kind of the way that it is. Like I can either work at a Starbucks or I could, you know, do a Starbucks ad.
0: Yeah, totally. And then I know a lot of people that grew up in like cosmopolitan cities like Miami or New York or L.A. Sometimes they get stuck there because like, you know, they know it well. Talk to me about, you know, the post high school decision. Where did you see yourself? Because I I imagine New York was kind of, you know, if you had modeling and commercials, you could have done that. Like talk to me about the decision to go to L.A.
1: I I came to visit a friend and I actually, I um, had a roommate when I was on South Beach and I was like, oh, I'm going to go to LA for a month. And there was a part of me that kind of like, was like, maybe I'll just move there. And it was very responsible. I'm very lucky that my friend still talks to me because I came out here for what I thought was going to be a month. And I, you know, had some kind of met a group of girlfriends and they had gotten a house uh, like kind of off Laurel Canyon, above the Sunset Strip.
2: Oh, and beautiful! They
1: were all. They're like, hey, like, do you want to rent half of a room for a few hundred bucks? And I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. And I got like a job. I did the same. Before. I
0: lived on a couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I
1: shared a bed with I shared a bed with uh, three different people at three different times. So that was. Oh my god!
2: You, know,
1: you do what you gotta do to yeah. get to where you need to be sometimes. Um And we, you know, I, it it was something that I didn't even tell my roommate at home that I was doing. And I just was like, Oh, it'll just be an extra month. And I just kind of kept not going home. And, uh, like you kept
0: renewing every month. You would stay another month.
1: I would stay another month. And then in my mind, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go back and forth between both places. But like that was never going to happen. I didn't have the money to do that. I don't know what I was thinking, but it was, uh, you know, just, naivete and irresponsibility sometimes oh, I, was, had the same I, think, I think it was just kind of really just not wanting to go home and yeah. i couldn't really explain it and i just i stuck around and then i spent a summer in new york with a friend and it was just i don't know it, it, it was i was very lost in a lot of ways and i think in my mind i would say things like oh yeah i'm, I'm gonna act but there really is a difference between doing it as a career and as a hobby and kind of going from amateur to pro. And I think that it took a while for me to have the confidence to really do that.
0: So then talk to me (laughs) about like assimilating into LA. Did you feel the need to go to a conservatory or like?
1: No, honestly, I wish like, I really wish that there was like, and then I did the X, Y, Z thing because I, I really, spent a lot of time, like quite a few years, just not really knowing what I was doing or how I was doing it. I was kind of working and then I'd like hang out with friends and then I would like say I was like taking things seriously, but then I didn't. And it was It really, uh, I feel like I'm very lucky that things worked out. But there was, um, I really, I, I, I just, I spent some time lost, like I didn't really know how I was going to do things or where I was, what I was even doing. And I think I really did. I remember quitting my job because at some point I realized, so I uh, went in with a friend of mine to drop off. He was dropping off something for his commercial agent. They were a huge commercial agency. They offered me to represent me, which was great because then I was doing commercials while I was kind of working.
0: Were you doing the classic waitressing hospitality or? Yeah, I yeah. was at uh, a
1: hotel and. I the Roosevelt, I was- right? Mm-hmm, the Roosevelt
0: Hotel. And what's that I mean. like? Because you're in the epicenter of Hollywood and celebrities are coming in. Like, did that feel yeah. weird to kind of be in this business and then seeing all these people? But, you know, you're kind of still figuring yourself out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was really fun. And it was, I mean, I, you know, was making decent money. And then I was very, yeah, it was just, it was just a fun scene to be a part of. So I think it makes it easy for, you know, weeks to turn into months, to turn into, you know, a year or two. And then all of a sudden being like, what have I done with this, these last few years? And that kind of being okay. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're really hard on ourselves, but sometimes those experiences kind of give you... Things to lean on when when you're acting. I mean, those are our tools as well, those experiences, and I know that I use those now.
0: Well, I think it shows in your work and make, you have life to pull from, you know? I mean, yeah. you're very beautiful, but there's a depth to you, and a mm-hmm. lot of actors are able to, to, to just dig into it and skate on their looks, but it sounds like you live your life, and it is frustrating as it can be to be, I could have, I should have, I would have, I mean, it really shows in your work, and there's such a depth to your work. And and I think you know, as hard as it may have been, I, I'm really glad it worked out the way it did.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think it. You know, we kind of talk about sometimes like people are like, "Oh, how close to your character are you?" And I'm like, I really relate to Lynn. <laughs> I relate to Lynn's journey. That idea of or that ability to kind of float around and. Kind of have not no follow not well. Yeah. I would say no follow through, you know, and really making that decision to finally follow through on something. Yeah. And that I, I really relate to that journey and how powerful that can be at whatever stage in your life that you do that in because it really is it's a worthy and courageous thing to do is to kind of move into that space and 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 be kind to yourself you know you're gonna fall back yeah. you're going to fail but that doesn't mean you're a failure you, uh, you you just keep going and that's like the only like the biggest advice i can give people is i don't know how or when or whatever but you literally just keep going
2: yeah
1: and i always i i mean even though like they, people tell you things and you think like you know love is within or whatever but then one day it like hits you and you're like love is within it just like kind of hits you in that way and i remember feeling that way with like just with acting it's like you the most important thing you can do is bring yourself to it and know that who you are is enough like because a lot of times acting you kind of come into it or it's easy to be like oh i want to be this person that or get some sort of validation that I never had. But the reality is is when you get to where you think you need to go, every single insecurity, every single weird, funky feeling that you have comes with you. And if anything, it amplifies, because now you're not anonymous when you walk into a room. Like people are aware of your work, you're seeing it. There's a tangible thing that people can pick apart if it comes down to it. And it's just how important it is to really show up with your authenticity, whatever that is, because that is what's going to be the most important part of your, of your journey is like really leaning into whatever that is. And it's going to make you different from other people.
0: Totally. And uh, I'm curious, were you, were you working a lot commercially? I was.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say a lot. I was working enough commercially. I was working enough. Where I could, uh, where I could pay my bills and, you know, I wasn't like buying any houses or like going on vacations to Hawaii, but yeah. I was like, you know, paying my rent and kind of just, just enough.
0: And where were your parents and your siblings at? Were they supportive of this or were they trying to get you to come home at any moments? Cause I know it can be, you know, when the, pe- the path of artists, you know, nobody gets creativity and the, and the desire to do something that, what appears to most people to be a really selfish and ridiculous thing. But as artists, it's our job to create. So talk to me about that. Were you, were you, were you so buoyed in LA with, you know, your, your friends and your work and, and the commercials?
1: I, I'm, my family has been, for the most part, I would say, like, there was a lot of support there. I mean, I'd book a Ford commercial, and I'd go home, and my mom would, like, pull up the Ford commercial to people that she was introducing <laughs> me to. And I'd be like, Mom, 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 that's not my dream. Like, the Ford commercial is not my dream.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: She's like, she's so successful, you know, and um, so that's kind of hysterical. And I think, in an interesting way, I feel like a lot of people believed in me before even I did. Yeah. And I feel really lucky for that. I think there were many times where people pulled me aside and was like, you need to be acting. You need to be doing this. This is something that you're good at and really seeing that. I mean, I even worked with this um this acting coach Marjorie Ballantyne, who uh studied directly under Stella Adler. Stella gave her kind of made left a lot of her legacy within her. She was like her protege and you know she really supported me I and mean, she was just like just come to my class i want you to work i was like i don't know if i have the money for that and she's like i just want you to work i will like take care of it and uh-huh. having those people believe in you i think is is really 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 special and i really believe more than ever that just you don't have space for people that don't aren't supportive of you yeah and aren't going to really honor the journey even the ups and downs like when you're really struggling aren't going to be like you got this you do because it's just it's just not worth it you know you can't have people around you that aren't that are going to try to like move you away from the the just the song in your heart where this is what you want because sometimes it's squawking and it doesn't sound beautiful or whatever <laughs> <Yeah. but> like, <laughs> and this is it's like and i and the, and the thing is like i still feel it i mean if i'm completely honest i i for sure the first season and then the second season i was convinced i needed to quit acting because i was like oh my gosh i've ruined the show it's so it's so bad this is really embarrassing i should quit and then having friends be like no yeah mm, you're fine you're but, the anchor but feeling so ripped apart and so kind of just like, I, I, I don't know, like was that and then kind of eventually just realizing now, oh, this is this thing that I do. So yeah. I'm going to hear the voice and ask as opposed to being like, don't be that way. Kind of embracing that shadow self, that little like kissing the beast a little bit and realizing, totally. okay, this is a part of like the weird stuff that Michelle does is that after shooting something especially if it's very vulnerable you'll look at like this vulnerability hangover where you're just like i don't know i don't know and it's really you just protecting yourself and and being like all right well that may or may not go away but we're all all the insecurities all the confidence everything is hopping in the car and heading in this direction so we're all just going to go and it doesn't go away but the main thing is just be kind to yourself and let yourself experience what you're experiencing
0: Was there a moment in LA when you are like, I need to get into some legit work because you're in the behemoth of the industry. And I'm sure you had all these commercials. Did you go to your agent and be like, Hey, can you, can you get me some television film auditions?
1: I couldn't get, well, I would say like, it's not like I tried, like, like I wasn't like knocking down every door, but I got a manager and, um, the manager, uh kind of set up a few agency meetings and I just you know, I heard like, Oh, we already have one ethnically ambiguous person on our roster, so we can't really take another one on yeah. or um, you know, just all sorts of kind of things that at some point I was just like, you know what?
0: I'm Fuck gonna if
1: I can or or being like, Oh, let's I think we forget also like the power that we have. Uh, yeah. if you are confident in your work. And that's your biggest thing. That's something you can do on your own. You know, you watch things, read things also, because everything that you do is fueling that ability, pretty much that basket for you to draw upon and connecting you to something greater than yourself, which is just this like news, essentially. So it's. Get there, really fill yourself with, with that. Go out and have life experiences. Go take a walk in nature and, and, and do that so that when you're walking into a room, you're walking into a room saying, this is who I am, not this is who I'm not. Yeah. Because nothing repels, like even just think of dating, you know, like you don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with themselves. Yeah. Who doesn't like themselves. So when you're walking into a room with that stench, yeah. It's, it's a bit of a repelling. And, and being, I mean, I had to, I had an agent be like, you know what, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And I was just like, ooh, I would never date somebody that said, well, I'll give you a shot. And I said, yeah. like, well, I, I, you're either really excited about me or you're not. And yeah. I didn't have enough credits to really be doing that. But I was just yeah. like, no. So I, I were remember, you
0: simultaneously actor at accessing hustle yourself and like, yeah,
1: I yeah. would do, I was doing actors access and just stuff kind of on my own. Um, and then I, w- with my manager, uh, I remember saying like, let's just, let's just, I was like, I think let's just give it a year. Cause he was also getting me a lot of auditions. And I was like, I feel like I'm going to book my own series. And then I'll have like stuff on the table to kind of like negotiate with. Yeah, totally. So my first agent was UTA. Like that was my first agent. But, you know, not for not taking meetings with and trying to get smaller stuff. It just wasn't. And I just kind of in my mind was like, you know what? I'm going to wait till I can be with somebody really great who's really excited about me. And, you know, luck obviously has something to do with it, but also being prepared for the luck because I was... Um, I had gotten back into acting classes and, and, um, well, even before that, though, I, um, what was it? The Fear the Walking Dead was doing a digital, Yes, it was doing a digital series, but they went through commercial agents because they were kind of trying to go around like the fans and just certain things. So I went in for the audition, not knowing that it was going to be like a full monologue, of stuff and usually when they're like oh have for commercial auditions or you're like oh have the, the, the stuff prepared yeah it's like i like ice cream you like ice cream let's go eat ice cream you know like it's not anything like the sides aren't anything that intense but when i got there they it was like two pages worth of oh essentially God. a monologue and i was just like what is this
0: and they wanted and called- you to call and read it
1: well, I was supposed to have it prepared, but I didn't realize that it was like a two-page monologue. I was, yeah. I, I kind of thought that it was just going to be like normal
0: commercial like, audition,
1: commercial stuff. Yeah. At that point, I was like, I got this. Like, I don't tell you know, a story this.
0: about your favorite jacket, or you know, yeah. yeah. And at yeah.
1: this point, I'd like had done so much of it at that point, and I was like, you know, doing well. That I was like, whatever. And then I was just like, whoa, this is why is she crying? And then like happy, and then and then I realized. Well, I was like, is this a Zolov commercial? Like why is it <laughs> mm-hmm. like it seems like her husband or her like boyfriend like used to abuse her. Like what what type of commercial is this? Yeah, totally. And he he was just like, It's not uh he's like, It's not a Zolov commercial, it's not this. He's like, But I guarantee you'll be really happy if you book it. And I was like, uh, ah, okay. And they were they gave given me the opportunity to maybe work on it a little bit and then come back after lunch but it was in santa monica and if anybody knows anything about la i lived in echo park and was Oh,
0: two
2: hours! Yeah.
1: i was gonna wait till after lunch and have to drive back at five o'clock so i was like you know what give me just like 15 minutes let me just see what i can do i don't even know what this is maybe it's yeah. nothing great anyways and i kind of read it a few times and i felt it in my body I was like, let's do it. And I just was like, all right. And I did it and it just all kind of was coming and it was like these great moments. And, and you know, I got a call back and I still didn't know what it was. And then I got another one and then I got, uh, told that I booked it, but I still had no idea what it was until the wardrobe people called and they're like, we're calling from Fear the Walking Dead to, you know, get your sizes and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I booked like this short form series. It was the first time working with. Uh, Andrew Bernstein, who, you know, did Ozark and Pan Am. And it was like, yeah. I was like wow, these are really great uh, actors, like Mike Mosley from Ozark. and I
0: love Mike. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's so, so
1: good. And Kelsey Scott, who'd been 12 Years a Slave and She's Insecure. So this was my first time doing that. And I was just like, oh, my gosh,
0: this is crazy. But it
1: was wow. really fun. And. And then it, it that kind of led to that, that uh, introduced
0: you to Carmen, Cuba, right?
1: Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. it did I, she's she's a very, very, very special casting director,. Yeah. Sure. I mean, she cares so much, has really great taste, and really works with actors, and like kind of takes chances on people, and I think that that's yeah, you know
0: Picardi, that, how to be a casting, casting director. director. Yeah, totally, yeah and mm-hmm. then that that led to Vita, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, because the short form series got nominated for, uh, Creative Arts Emmy and, uh, I got to go to the Emmy Awards, Creative Arts Emmy Awards and, uh, sit third row center. I thought we were going to, cause it was a short form series, I was like, they were just going to sit us in the back somewhere. Yeah. They, so I snuck in all this champagne.
2: So I was like, we're going to do, we're we're gonna gonna
1: do champagne in the yeah. back and then cut to like me sitting like by like, you know, Joseph Ford and Lovett and like all these like people. And I'm like, I'm like that's Tom Hanks. Like, wow. Okay. Here I am. And I'm like, I have all these like champagnes that I okay. <laughs> it's embarrassing.
0: It's amazing. It's the only way you should have done it. And then was Vita at that point, because I imagine you had some traction. Was, was that an audition or was that an offer or?
1: Oh God, I uh w- uh no, definitely not an offer. It was uh it was a self tape and then it was uh audition, producer session, I tested for it, I didn't get it, and I really thought that uh I thought like I was like, Oh, I'm gonna be on the show. Like I just like felt it, but then I was like, Oh, but this is like what you talk about, like actor crushes.
2: Yeah. Where
1: you're like, Yes, like this is my show and then you don't book it and your heart gets broken. Oh, um, yeah. So it was an interesting thing. And I don't know where this came from. I really, really don't. Because when I found out that I didn't get it, I was like, you know what? I tested for something. And this is just like my second, like real, yeah. like my second pilot season or second year of like really getting, i have been trying for, for at least oh, that point, like five, uh, about five years, I guess, six years maybe. Um, but at that, that point, that had been like my second like proper year of like auditioning for real things. Yeah. And, um, and then I was like, I tested for something and I'm just going to like really honor myself for like that. As
2: like, you should. Something. Yeah.
1: And, and it, I wasn't, I mean, I was, I did cry, but it was like kind of like this, like more, like kind of like, okay, like I'm going to let this pass as something I really wanted. And then, um, I, it wasn't until I want to say like maybe a week later. They called me in and had me test again, essentially test again for uh, to, to for a recast
0: for the lead. And you were I, up for a different character before?
1: Yeah, I was going. I was going in for Cruz, which was the love interest.
0: Oh, and
1: I, you know, tested for it and and I didn't get it. And and psych so chemistry read, you know, with the actor that had uh, shot the original pilot presentation. And, you know, I was like, oh, maybe it just like wasn't a good chemistry or whatever it was. And then uh, about a week and a half later, I mean, I was, I think it was like week and a half, week, week and a half, uh, I got a call that said they want to, uh, the, the, showrunner wants to meet with you, uh, possibly for another series regular. And I'm like, this show shoots in a few weeks. They're not just like writing a new series regular. And yeah, and I was like, I was like, is it a recast? Or like, it's absolutely not a recast. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So then I got like sides sent to me the night before I was supposed to meet with the showrunner and I was like, am I supposed to know? This? Yeah, but I kind of, but I didn't have a character breakdown or anything like that. So I read the sides and I was like, this sounds like an Emma. But maybe they're just sending me sides just to see what I do. Yeah,
0: the generic sides that they do in auditions now.
1: Yeah, so I made all the wrong choices. Like, I made a character that definitely was not Emma. And then in the room, they kind of were directing me in a certain way. And then as I was in there doing it, I was like, oh, this is a recast. And I hadn't prepared for that character and also. Yeah, it was oh, and they told to you the around you know? And then being redirected in the room into that character and having someone like Tanya Siracho and Robin Schwartz is, um, the, uh, you know, the head of TV for Big Beach who produces that and, uh, Stephanie Langhoff, which is a producer as well. And they directed me into that character, which is, you know, I feel like it's, it's, it's luck, but it's also being prepared for it because yeah. if I hadn't kind of been in that space, I wouldn't have been able to be directed into that character. Totally. And, and then, yeah, and then, you know, the next morning I, well, that night all the writers on Vita started following me on Instagram and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I called my manager and he's like, well, we don't know what it means. Maybe they just look like he was an actor. Like, do And I was like, okay.
2: Don't read into and then, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: And uh and then the next morning I, I got the call that I I said I had booked it.
0: And, and talk talk to me about that moment. Like how did that feel?
1: It was interesting because I was I was helping somebody self tape and they were doing a really great job and I saw my phone ring, but I was I didn't want to mess up their self tape, so I just kinda of <laughs> let it go.
2: That's amazing.
1: (laughs) And I was like, uh, no, don't worry. Everything's fine. So we're, we're doing that. And then my friend, uh, who we were both helping this other guy self-tape, uh, she, uh, she knew my manager and he knew we were together and he called her and I guess texted her and she was like, kind of whispered to me, she's like, I think you need to take that call. And I was like, okay i like walked out of the room and i took the call and my manager was like i want to congratulate you on booking your first tv show and i was like and she kind of came out afterwards because you know they finished the take and she came out and i just kind of was like sitting there and strangely enough like i didn't react that strongly i was kind of like thank you and i just kind of smiled and she looked at me and she was like yes and i was like yeah and then she started crying and i was just like whoa, this is a this big is, deal. Yeah. And the most fun part about it was getting to tell a few of like my close friends that I'd known for a really long time. Like I was going to go out to dinner with a friend of mine. And I was like, let's go my my best friend. She's also my creative partner, Jessie Hill. And we went to, we were going to go to dinner and you know you get ready. And I was like, <sighs> oh, I'm going to bring over a bottle of champagne. And she's like, yeah, like while we get ready. And I like bought like the nicest bottle of champagne I could afford. And I went over and I was like, oh, will you open up the bottle of champagne for us? And she was like, yeah, yeah. And she like wouldn't open it. And then eventually she went and got it and she looked at it and she was like, this is a really nice bottle of champagne. And she looked at me and I went.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I was
1: like, I was not, I don't know why. I just was kind of like, okay, like. It was almost like we're here, like this is, yeah. this, is this is how it goes. And it didn't really hit me until I want to say a few days later, I had to go to the Warner brother lot to, uh, to do a fitting yeah. for the character. And, um, there's that iconic tower, the water tower, the Warner Brothers oh, yeah. water the tower. Man. Yeah. And I, this is so <laughs> ridiculous, but I, um, I grew up watching animaniacs
2: oh of course me too yeah
1: and i was i was walking i was crossing the street and i look up and i see the water tower and in my mind i was like wacko yakko and dot live in there (laughs) (laughs) and you're going to work right now yeah i don't know what it was this like funny little thing and it was just bawling tears like as i was like on the corner of the lot just like somehow connecting that to my childhood and that iconic image and just being like, honey, you're going to work right now. And I was like, oh, it! it, people on the street are like, she must've had a bad audition. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: It's
0: (laughs) the opposite. And then talk to me about day one, you show up on this huge set and you got a trailer with your name on it. How did that feel? You know?
1: Yeah, it was, it was fun. I mean, we did a, a bunch of rehearsals and, you know, the, uh, woman who plays my sister, Melissa Barrera, like, yeah, we had great. such a great time. Did and, you, you know, did you
0: guys do a chemistry read or no? No, honestly, like,
1: they took, I did not have enough credits for them to know that I could do that. I, yeah. even at the end of, I think, the second season, I, I went up to Robin Schwartz, who is, you know, the head of TV for Big Beach and i remember telling her i'm like thank you for taking a chance on me and she was like honey i'm not in the business of taking chances (laughs) i know what i know when i see it and yeah because it was you know it was that and I, i just you know you just kind of you're like all right let's get to work we had rehearsed it and my main thing was like i know that the chemistry between these two Young women is going to be really, really important between the sisters, and, he, and so I was like, I want to hang out with Melissa. Let's go! We had like this epic, wild night together, uh, Halloween. We just like wore out till God knows what time, but it was like <laughs> it was fun because it created this like real energy between us. And yeah, she's a really, really, really special person, and I'm so grateful to um, to uh, have gotten to work with her because you know both of us it was. It are a, a big moment for both of us. I mean, yeah. her first uh, TV show in the United States, and my first TV show ever. So we showed up, and the first scene we shot is um, in season one. There's a walking scene right after Emma and Lynn find out that the, their mother. traditional Mexican mother was married to a woman, and now they. Oh, have to I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the first scene we we shot, and it was, you know, kind of like, all right, do I have it? Do I have it? Do I have it? I don't know. Like, is this character in me? And, and just, but just pushing, pushing it and going. And then we shot the taco scene where uh, so it was, you know, there were these really great kind of movement scenes to get to shoot. Yeah. Uh And, and yeah, I don't know. It was, it was um, just those moments, you know, where you're just like, wow, like we're here and you're working. Yeah. And, you're getting to do something special, too. It felt really special from the beginning.
0: And I, I bring this up because I just had the cast of this show, Normal People, on. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of intimate scenes there. Talk to me about yeah. the intimacy in that show. Was that something did you did you know about or, you know, you were told about? Like, I, I, I know that can be really vulnerable for an actor.
1: Yeah. I mean, we all knew. It was very clear. Must be comfortable. I mean, every single series regular um, even a lot of the recurring characters, um, they was definitely that where we knew. I, for myself, I mean, I watched a lot of like French film and kind of foreign film. So for me, it, it was never off the table for me. It was yeah. always just for the right project or if it made sense. Um, so it was, it was always something that I figured I'd do eventually. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, this obviously, these scenes are very intense, but I also feel like there's something really important about what those scenes symbolize as well. Yeah. I think oh. also to brown queer women enjoying themselves and yeah. kind of exploring their, um, their interior emotional anatomy through not only the way that they navigate, um, uh, you know, just life, but part of how you navigate life is sometimes through your sexual experience. Yeah. Like being, revealing less less about revealing skin and more about revealing emotion and intimacy. Totally. And How these women deal with that.
0: Yeah. So control. Yeah. And then you got three seasons out of that show. Huh? How does it feel that now it's, you know, sadly come to an end? Was that just such a beautiful ride you know i imagine it was a it was a roller coaster getting it and then through it yeah.
1: you know it was you know where we would have obviously loved to have continued on but uh three seasons off of a show and a show like this is is definitely something to be proud of and we yeah. really, really are and we know that it's more than just the show it's about hopefully the other doors that will open and now we have. These characters out in the Hollywood world. So you have um Maddie played by Chelsea Rendon, like La Pinche Chinche. You have yeah. you know Seán Zateki playing Eddie. Like those characters exist. You have an Emma who is a businesswoman and Latina and and queer. Uh, that is something that isn't. Oh, we don't always get to portray characters that way. No, totally. That are flawed and. And But yet still have this kind of core that you kind of get and understand. And I think with Lynn, she has a similar thing where you realize what it's like to be, you know, second, third generation immigrant families. And where that goes, where how quickly you can assimilate to dominant culture and almost like allow yourself to be fetishized as a Latina, And like those themes aren't usually discussed.
0: Yeah. And it's and, and very human and well fleshed out. And I'm curious to ask you, you know, now that there's kind of been this huge push for, you know, better female characters as it should be mm-hmm. and, and, and persons of color. Do you feel like the content has gotten better and the auditions like are you, are you proud of, of where it's headed or do you think there's still a long way to go?
1: That's actually still a long way to go. I mean, we've been kind of, there's nothing new under the sun. It's just our turn. Like we've been moving in this direction for years and years and years. You look back, even, you know, obviously we're discussing acting right now, but you think of Dolores Huerta back to like labor unions and, yeah. and, and even now just fighting for equal pay as like a, as, a, as yeah. a Latino woman that is there's there's a lot of work to be done, but if we can move it in the right direction for Latino women, for queer women, for women of color, yeah. uh, I think we all benefit from that. This isn't just us benefiting from it. It's, it's I think the world benefits
0: us. from it, exactly. you know? Yeah. It makes everyone exactly. equal, as, as it says in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what America should represent. And...
1: yeah. And even if we can move it just a tiny bit in the direction, then the next generation can take it and we make the world just a little bit Total. easier for each other and, and a little bit easier for us to feel seen and comfortable. And, and that's the most important thing. And I think that we really do benefit in seeing the world as it is. We're not creating something that doesn't already, uh, we're not trying to represent something that doesn't already exist in the world. Like these, yeah. these, these people, are you know, these communities and stuff like that, they, we all deserve for our story
2: to be told.
0: Totally. And then, and I'm curious to ask you, you know, totally that show has one very specific tone. And then you jump into Riverdale, which yeah. has a completely different tone. And these yeah. are my words, not your, you know, not yours. I want to be very careful here. You know, it's a show that is campy intentionally. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of performances that are grounded and not grounded. And I loved your character because you really brought truth to a show where it can be really hard to do that. You know, what was it like switching up into that world? You know,
1: it was so fun. I mean, that was uh, one where they wrote and offered the role to me. Oh, no Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. that was really fun um i mean pretty much my deal signed on friday and by i think that Sunday i was on a plane and shooting i think on monday or tuesday Wow! Uh, so yeah i i mean that show is just so fun i mean emma really rips it out of me yeah but uh i get to really play with this femme fatale archetype totally and and find the truth and humanity in her but also just have Fun because I also I was a huge fan of Archie comics growing up. So oh again, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, like it was the only comic book that I was obsessed with. So I collected them, and I loved Archie comics. So when the opportunity came for me to come onto it, I originally I think it was only going to be a few episodes, and they kept adding episodes to. Yeah, you got like ten.
0: Or nine or... The,
1: yeah. Yeah. So it was, and it's just, yeah, it's been really fun. Um, you know, Camila Mendez and, uh, you know, Mark Limpolo, like, they're such great people to work with and we just have a lot of fun on the set and that's kind of nice and it plays with this kind of Lynchian aspect as well totally. that allows you to kind of move into spaces of hyper reality and yeah. stuff that is like Quimpy, somewhat unbelievable sorta. yeah totally. yeah and so that essentially was a challenge for me when i think yeah. of think of that and and i was willing to do it because it was just a fun challenge to get to be a part of and i really also love what i love what roberto is doing with the the john the genre yeah as well, because I think he's normalizing a lot of stuff that normally would uh you know whether it's with like uh race or l g b t q i plus representation yeah. there's a lot that's kind of happening there that in creating this world just as like normal and yeah. allowing the characters in this r g universe to actually have diversity within this 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 universe for these characters um so I I am I'm a big fan of Roberto's and what, yeah. what he's doing with the genre and doing with essentially a teen drama and having fun with it and not being scared to take risks. Sometimes it, it you know you get you get a hit show that ends up being this global sensation yeah. and it's easy to kind of just keep doing the same thing. But he kind of takes risks yeah. and if, even if it's like oh that was a little weird yeah
2: oh well. Like, yeah, it's totally.
0: Great it's great like to a, a band. <laughs> Every record should be different because that's how you get better as a band and mm-hmm. explore your musical horizons. And yeah, is it true you have an art collective?
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm a part of one. Unfortunately, because I've gotten so busy, we haven't gotten to do something in a while. But it's a uh, Dama Rosa uh, art collective, and you know, I think that is a testimony to what we're talking about before when you're acting and you don't have you're not getting a job that tells you you're an actor here's a stamp you still are an artist and Mm. uh that was an opportunity for us to really come together i have such amazing friends and female artists that i really respect that i'm close to so we would take a a piece of literature uh the first zine was um a nice little Birds, And each of us would assign each other a chapter and then have to reinterpret the chapter based off of whatever artistic medium was. So I did with my creative partner, Jesse Hill, we did kind of little short films, performance art short films, uh, other artists in weaving, painting, sculptures, uh, all sorts of things like that. And then we, uh, I think the first show was on the Lori side in New York City. The second one was in Venice in LA. And we just did a lot of that where you'd kind of go into the space and essentially you'd experience the book reinterpreted by other women. Totally. Uh, and their art mediums. I think the second book was Rachel Carlson's uh, Silent Springs, yeah. which was, a book that was you know she's pretty much the person that kind of blew the whistle on the fact that pesticides might not be great but at the time people it was so crazy that she was saying that and they kind of discredited her and now when we look back on the book she was right about a lot of stuff so we we reinterpreted those things but yeah so it's just keeping yourself fed and busy doing things with each other whatever that may be so we to that art collective we'd also like meet and have dinners and just really kind of exchange exchange ideas. And Britt Bogan who was the is the um painter and artist that uh essentially started we were all founding members, but she started it. Uh I mean we still collaborate and work on a lot of stuff together, like little music videos here and there and photos and just you know, just kind of getting to express yourself through ways that aren't just here. your job go act on set
0: I love that well a couple of final questions for you because I, I know you have other interviews today like I spoke about this with Carla Gigino and Kathleen Turner when they were on the show and I know being a beautiful woman as yourself you know can be a blessing and it can be a curse So now that you've had this collective, do you have any interest in producing to maybe get yourself some other roles that could be a little bit more arduous to get through, you know, the normal acting audition channels?
1: Yeah, I definitely, a passion of mine is to move into producing stuff. And I think that's also part of the, the movement of us being able to tell our own stories and be in a position to to do that so that is definitely something that i want to do and also move into like the writing space i've
2: written a few things you
1: you know a lot of people keep encouraging me to do that i don't know if i'm ready i don't know if my heart kind of is moving in that direction yet but producing and writing i definitely 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 feel really I love that passionate about and and then you know just creating opening the door so that we can bring people with us because it's easy to walk through door and just shut it behind you and i think that it's time for us to really start you you know you move into a space how many people can you bring with you and yeah. More than ever, I think that it's time for us to start be doing that more.
0: That's amazing, so beautiful. And then I'm curious, you know, for those actors listening out there, the the young Michels that uh, maybe in Miami or or in Missouri and or in L A. You know, any advice you you would give to your younger self or to those younger actors that haven't got an agent or a commercial mm-hmm. or a show yet, like. I know that's a a very loaded question, but any, any words of advice?
1: So I used to do this really funny thing where, and I don't know if this is like a major advice or anything like that, but I know that in a weird way, this kind of helped me, where I would imagine myself as like the older, more, I mean, I hesitate to say successful, but maybe like where I want to be. Whatever
0: yeah, you see your future self.
1: Retelling the story that I'm going through now. So, oh, I worked in this hotel and you know what? There was like these weeks where I would go and I would cry and I didn't know and I didn't. But then it ended up this. And then, you know, I would remember I would almost like everything that I was going through, I would retell it. As this older version of me because it kept me really connected to where I was going and realizing everything that we experience is a tale that we will tell and it's all leading us to exactly where we're meant to be and if you know where you're going you don't freak out when you have to stop for gas (inaudible)
2: it
1: may be stressful maybe you run out of gas on the side of the road and you have to have like you know, Bubba on the truck pick you up and take you wherever yeah. and it, it all ends up being this kind of juicy story that you get to tell when you yeah. get to where you're at. So now I'm here with you and I'm telling you the story of me being lost, not knowing what to do, living on a bed with like, you know, like share like paying for half of a room essentially yeah. and all that stuff. And in those moments, remembering that there's going to be a me now telling that yeah. story and that this huge shall, uh shall change that that has always kind of stuck with me so even if it's like the happiest moment that you're experiencing yeah. it may not last all, that long so like enjoy it for what it is or if it's a horrible moment sit in that like allow yourself to experience emotions and don't run from it because essentially those are the tools that we use yeah. for roles but to to not feel so like you, not no one moment defines you, no one role defines you, no one day defines you. So, if you have a bad day, tomorrow's another one, like really allowing yourself to kind of trust, like the the journey of it, and that it all kind of is leading you to exactly where you need to be. Yeah, and I, be, be comfortable with that because you need, you know, because it's like, okay, I know I'm going gonna freak out every moment that like I get traffic or that I move into like I, I oh I'm got off on the wrong lines but whatever it is like just get back on just keep going
0: yeah I love that I've never heard anyone oh, wow. articulate <laughs> it that way that's so beautiful and then f- final question what's next for Michelle do you have any I mean I know the industry right now same for me no. at a pause but yeah. do you have any idea of what's next for you
1: well, you're looking at me sitting on my couch. I'm, thinking,
0: oh, wow. I'm in my bedroom. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's actually, you know, I, I think there's moments of, of enjoying actually having some time off. Uh, there's, I mean, the last few years of my life have been crazy. I didn't realize it as much until I've had this time off. Yeah. I think there's also sometimes anxiety with like just what's going on in the world and, Really wanting to help and doing the best that we can and and supporting the people that are really on the front lines of, of this really, really wild time. But yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we cut season four of Riverdale short. So I'm thinking, you know, probably go back at some point to, to go back to that. And then. You know, just, I have some things that I'm waiting on and I'm, I'm in the process of writing some stuff that I'm producing a few stories and getting that kind of off the ground, so. Uh, right now. I mean, that's kind of where we're at. I thought that this year was going to be really busy. There was a lot of stuff that was kind of in the work. I you know. know. Yeah. And that's but that, that's also a
0: bad. global you know. epidemic takes over. A global crisis. <laughs> that's, that's our yeah. Uh,
1: but it gives us this opportunity. I mean, I'm like watching more TV than I have and reading more and getting an opportunity to work on stuff that I haven't. And, yeah. and just exactly what we've been just talking about where Allowing you today to be what it is. Some days you're catching up on, on the movies and writing and maybe reaching out to people. And then some days you are drinking like a champagne at noon, eating a cake, like in bed. And you're just like, well, that's what today
2: <laughs> was. Like that's how that works. So like
1: it's, you know, just be kind to yourself, be kind yeah. and, and imagine like the little, the little boy or girl in you, like, and being like, it's okay. You got this.
2: Yeah, like,
1: you're fine, and and letting yourself kind of concentrate on that day to day, but because you know
0: you do That's know all we can control. Like. Well, Michelle Prada, thank you so much for being here. Thank I love you. watching Thanks you. Thanks for work. having me. It means so much to me that you took the time, and I'm I'm just so excited to see everything blossom for you. And I hope we get a chance to work together someday.
1: Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome.
0: All right. Well, I'm wishing you nothing but love and enjoy LA, and keep crushing it
1: awesome thank you so much
0: all right so much love if you like the show rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts thank you for listening